Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on? Oh, I'm just feeling like I got some things that I've had on my mind for a while. I'm ready to get innovative. Ah, me too. Not really sure how to go about got doing problems that. to solve. Yeah. I mean, actually, we're, you know, today we're going to talk about innovation. And I think that... I want to get to Mars. That requires some innovation. Yeah. Um, you might have a little competition. You might be a little behind on those innovations, but can we just go to Pluto instead? Yeah. Is that even a planet anymore? I don't know. I, you know, I tell you what, that you talk about that and we could get off track in a hurry, but before we attempt to get off track, I should mention that today's episode of startup hustle is brought to you by fullscale.io. We can help you build a software development team quickly and affordably. They can help you innovate innovate yes yeah yeah so now innovation is is uh an interesting topic i think that it's difficult to pinpoint like when you think of when you hear the word innovation what comes through what what's first in your mind um i mean sometimes they're big ideas and sometimes they're just small incremental improvements you know um it's it's across the spectrum I think it starts, I think, the uh, an adjacent word that comes up is creativity. Yeah. I mean, innovation is is a form of creativity. I think anytime you innovate something, a level of creativity exists. Um, with that, that, the innovative juices are sometimes difficult to get flowing. Well, and some people are naturally just very innovative. Like they are always kind of problem solvers and big thinkers and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then some people just flat out aren't and never right, will be. Right. It's just, some of it's just a personality quirk. Yeah, sure. And I think, but I do think it stems from a level of creativity. Yeah, um, And some people are a lot more rigid. Um, they're, and like you mentioned, the, the whole process of innovation isn't as intuitive to them. Um, I consider myself to be an innovator. Um, but with that, sometimes can struggle as to when and how to turn that switch on. It's also some people that they're not rule followers. What's right. the best way to describe that? Well, that, that might be me. You know, because like take electric cars, for example, right? I mean, forever we could sit around and be like, oh, no, this is how we make cars. This is how we do it. We don't do it another way. And then finally, somebody has to come along and be like, screw that shit. We're doing it a different way. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes that's where the innovation comes from, right? Somebody's got to be bold enough to like go way out there and be like, no, we're not going to do things because that's the way we've always done it. Well, we've always said that a good startup or software or anything comes with a strong desire to solve a problem Yeah, and make it. And that with that, that's making some kind of change. Uh, there's obviously, you know, if you look back at the entire human history, innovation is key along mm -hmm. the way. You go from, you went from what living in caves to not to stone tools, to the bronze age, to all of it. To flying 8,000 miles across the planet in one day. Sure. Yeah. Which I've done a few times. And yes, you have. And then flying to space. Yeah. 
uh, maybe other planets. We're going to the moon. You just talk about just general innovation and the speed at which you can produce something that's usable um, is that we're definitely in. Well, you know, one of the things that's been a hot topic is like, uh, well, the some of the virus that's been in China. And I read an article that said the scientists had pinpointed the part of the, the basically the DNA or whatever that they could begin to create a vaccine. They open source the DNA. I know I'm sitting here thinking coronavirus like within a week. And that's what innovation is beautiful when it's, when it's in place can do some really impactful things. You know, Um, you get the coronavirus from drinking Corona beer. Yeah. I had that after your engagement party. (laughs) And after uh, the Super Bowl? No, no. I no. take it pretty easy. I did shoot off a lot of fireworks in my driveway, though. I had oh, some leftovers. you're one of those guys. Dude, my whole neighborhood was, it was felt like the 4th of July. So how do we be more innovative, though? Well, I think let's first start with a few statistics on innovation. Now, really any business is always looking for people that have fresh ideas and people that, especially when it comes to software or product, um, one interesting t- statistic is that 63% of customers like it when companies offer new products. Absolutely. We always want the latest and greatest. Yeah. So now what it, now at the same time, sometimes people try to innovate things. They try to over innovate. Thank you, Apple. Yeah. I mean, and that's a good point. We I mean, don't need a new iPhone. We need a longer battery. Take right. all the other sure, shit away. Sure, sure. And and I now I'm still using the same <laughs> iPhone I had two years ago. It still does great. And, you know, maybe I'll take a picture. That's of, the problem with phones today, though, really. I'm actually right? going to use my... They keep adding, like, the big innovation this year is foldable screens. We have phones that fold. I'm going you know to take a picture of you for the... A better at, battery. The at Startup Hustle podcast Instagram, which is not powered by batteries. No. It's powered by magic. Um which is a real source of energy for many. You know, you talk about innovation. I mean, some of it does feel a little magical at some days. Um, now, you say, how do you, how to be more innovative? That's a tough question. And it's actually something that I've explored with a lot of different people, maybe not as much with the term innovation, but how do you turn on inspiration? Well, and some of it's company culture, right? If we're talking about companies that are innovative and how they become more innovative, it, it has to be part of the culture and the DNA of the company. And some companies actually have a chief innovation yeah, officer, right. like Black and Beach here in sure. Kansas City has one. And they're kind of very famous for that. And um, I don't know if you went with me one day, but I went to, uh, it was like kind of like a community event session thing. And they actually talked all about how they do innovation and whatever. And it was like very intriguing. No, I wasn't with you. But, you know, they. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, Sorry. And, um, well, some of that starts with just not rejecting crazy ideas. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know if crazy is the right word to throw in there, but you have to have an open mind to making things different. Well, part of the pr- problem with comp with, with companies and like, I have this problem at StackFi is like, we have a thousand ideas, but then we have like 50 ideas we should have already done. We can't, we just can't even execute on and get that shit done. Well, we can't get it out of the way. And we've talked about, I think that's a common, a common situation. We've talked about that at full scale that we often have a plus ideas yeah. with, with C minus execution. Yeah. And you know, some of that, it, it's difficult to push change and innovation in a forward way that creates um, something meaningful. And sometimes your attempt to innovate or do things differently can, can sidetrack your core objective. Um, so that's always the, the, 
important question to ask is where on the priority scale does some of this come in? Now, I think let's let's broaden the focus here. And, and as far as how to be more innovative, creative, or inspired, um, that is a very challenging question. It's also something that I've engaged in some long-term um, intellectual conversations with with a few th- people over the years, um, mainly musicians. And oh. yeah, I actually have a YouTube vid- video. Musicians start- can be innovative. Well, it, it, the thing is, is they have to, all right. So the thing that I find that I find interesting is obviously as a musician, you're creative, you know, oftentimes innovative, and then you have to flip that switch on at an exact time in front of thousands of right. people. And it's like it, being a podcast host. Yeah, totally. <laughs> So the pressure's really on here. Uh, but but with that, certain types of music aren't just like – so my fascination is with uh, with musicians that have to be highly improvisational, meaning yes. they're not just playing the same four-minute and two-second song that's exactly four minutes right. and two, song, uh, two seconds every time. So my conversation first started three years ago with Jake Seninger, the guitarist in Umphreys McGee, who is – uh, just ridiculously good at what he does. And some of the things that came out of that have, we've had an ongoing conversation every time we see each other and we're in the same town, we put an hour or two aside and yeah. just talk about this. So my questions, well, for some of them have even been like trying to, to discussing what makes you a genius and what makes you crazy. But in regards to innovation, one of the things that he's real adamant about is you have to keep your mind in a place that's close to innovation. Right. So for him, it's just continuing to play and play and play. So when it comes time to flip that switch, you're right next to it. You're not across the room from it. Right. And um, one of the things that I find found most impressive about some of this is he looks at he looks at playing guitar the same way that a software engineer looks at creating a solution. It, there's a there's a zero and a one to it. Like mm-hmm. uh, and music is very patternistic in that way. A note is in the same key as another note, and if you're out of that, doesn't sound right. Right. So now having to do that at a ridiculous amount of speed, and he'll tell you, the moment I think about it is the moment I mess up. Right. Yeah, it's got to be muscle memory. So, but that's the thing that's crazy. So uh, for me, when I haven't, when I feel inspiration or innovative, I have a difficult time just turning that on. Right. That's why I'm so fascinated with Jake's ability to do that at any moment in front of 5,000 people. Sure. For me, when I, I feel, I can feel the innovation coming on because I start to feel very focused and I feel like I, I start viewing things in a forward state of mind, not like, Hey, this is where this is at. I start thinking about where things could be. Right. And then the question is, is how far down the timeline do you have a sense of clarity with that? So for me personally, when it comes to being more innovative, it, it, it all involves identifying the times that I might feel inspired or have some clarity, which, which is tough to find. Which can be really hard. And so right. this is one of the it's challenges a noisy world. It's a noisy of world. being a startup, right? Where, you know, I'm the CEO of StackFi and I could be a very product focused, very innovative. But when I spend all of my day in meetings dealing with bullshit, HR problems, trying to raise capital, dealing with business partners, you know, just yeah. dumb shit. It's really difficult to all of a sudden be very innovative. Well, because you have moved your mind away yeah. from a place that is adjacent to the innovation yes. and inspiration. And that's the similar thing that Jake was talking about. And if and so some of the things that might help with that is beginning to surround yourself with creative and innovative people. 
well or just having the right team, right? So you can delegate certain tasks. It's like, it's my job today to focus on this and leave me alone. I'm in this mode. Right, right. You know? But once again, hard to do. Yeah. By the way, to do that, I literally, I turn off all my notifications. I put my phone on. Sometimes I put my phone like on a whole different like level of my home or mm. different places like where it can't be a distraction because the moment a push notification comes or an email dings or something buzzes in your pocket, it, it yep. it's Back a distraction. distraction yep. Yeah. And I openly am an ADHD guy. Mm-hmm. which can be a huge, can be a powerful ally or a powerful distraction. Right. Um, so, okay. I think another thing that's important is, you know, we mentioned not rejecting ideas, but you also have to embrace fear. And with that, people fear change. So innovation is change. It's improvement. It's uh, evolution in many senses of the word. And, you know, the important part to remember is, you know, you're going to fail when it comes to innovation. Failure is always an option and it's part of the process. Yeah. It's one step closer to getting yeah. the innovation where you need. And by the way, insert quote about Thomas Edison. Sure. And yeah. I was, it was funny. Yeah. I was just thinking the exact, yeah. the exact same reference. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is pay attention to that failure along the way because you're collecting a lot of important information right. about it, maybe about something else. So, all right. So we'll take a little sidebar here. Um, at, all right. So Matt, you've been successful as an entrepreneur. You Vent Solutions was obviously a, a hit. Um, Stackify is, you know, on the way to, to, to it, the moon, to the moon, baby, to the moon. <laughs> and so at, at, at some point, in either one of those, can you look back and specifically remember like the moment when you're like, okay, this is it. This is what I want to focus my shit on. Well, I think there's definitely moments where you have kind of key innovations. Like we invented yeah. this thing. We came up with this product idea. Or we, even just decided the course of action. Yeah we, yeah. we bet on this idea and we doubled down on it and it either worked or it didn't. Sure. You know, like I specifically remember the day that okay so we'll look back and this was technically pre full scale but do you remember me when i i had been tinkering with all of the different uh business plans and models that yeah. might be able to let uh, allow us to be partners and let sure. us expand in cebu as february 15th uh two years oh, wow. ago i remember all the way We're i remember it down there. to the date yeah um and with that it was it it, it came from and to give you some insight, I had probably done 10 to 12 different models of the projections. And I just couldn't in it up until the one that finally hit, I, it, it just didn't make sense. There was something missing. It would require too much capital. It didn't make sense. It just, it, and then the moment that it made sense, it was like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was literally like, uh, turning on your windshield wipers when they're covered, when your windshield's covered with fog or steam and they're yeah. like, I can see. And I remember at that moment, I knew that we, that I had something that worked. Mm-hmm. Now, if I hadn't have kept tinkering with it and looking at it, or if I had just accepted something else that you can't put square pegs in round holes. Well, and it, it wasn't much past that when yeah. you, you're like, Hey Matt, I don't think I'm going to work on this part of our business anymore. Yeah. That was three months later. And that was, but that was continued. So, and that's actually a great example, Matt, because, you know, we had decided a specific path for, you know, a partnership that we had created and we had talked about some of the things that full scale did. And we had pretty much decided 
we said, you know what, this is something we need to re-explore later. We need to get really good at doing the things for the businesses that are right in front of us. And it was input and just comments from other people that made us realize maybe we should try this, started playing with it a little more. And it didn't take long to figure out that that something needed to change. Um, we didn't exactly in, reinvent the process. Uh, well, we did in some ways imp- very much improve the process of how people, businesses find and use remote developers. But the, the, the basic concept of it, I mean, dude, there's a lot of people that do what we do. Yep, there's a lot of people. But with that, we felt that there were many broken parts of it and we could use our own. We could do it better. Yeah. We and innovate. And we did. Yep. And we did all the way down to the way we assess uh, different people's skills. And it's all about trying to find the right match, not just trying to find people to mm-hmm. sit in seats. And that seemed to be, and, and other things too, I'll give you an example. So at full scale, we, we help, uh, we help companies find software developers and build teams in our office in the Philippines. And one, one of the things that we, we felt was broken about the, the, and still is about the most common model of this is making you talk to one person and not giving you access to the, all the people on your mm-hmm. team. Like well, there's no value there. It's, 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 it slows shit down. Well, and I, I think it's also important to think about when we talk about innovation, sometimes your product isn't necessarily unique or that novel or that different, but how you sell it yeah. could be the key innovation. Well, that was it's something the, else. That the go-to-market yeah. strategy yeah. could be, you know, think about the the products you buy today from ads you see or Facebook or Amazon, like, you know, and even a lot of things about Amazon, like buying half the shit we buy on Amazon, none of it is innovative. What's innovative is I can buy it, I can push one button, yep. and I know for sure the shit's going to show up in two yep. days. Yep. Where you go back a few years ago, I hated buying online because you don't really know if they have the product in stock, you don't know if it's in back order, you don't know if you're really going to get it. You don't. So a lot of the innovation you, there you wasn't the product. It you, don't was, tr- you don't necessarily trust the brand in every yeah. situation. So yeah. a lot of times the innovations aren't necessarily the product. It can be the business yeah. model itself. It can be the go-to-market strategy all those things people process or product like those um, are those are the things that you can you can build innovation around and those three p's are i mean mm-hmm. you did not probably hear that here first yeah but those are really the things so when it comes to innovation involving people um, that pr- process usually goes hand in hand with yep. that um, and innovation comes in a lot of forms yeah yeah sure and i think really that what matt's you know hinting at here is you don't have to create something that is entirely new. Right. You it can, can be a different there, are, there are probably an unlimited, well, they're not probably, there are an unlimited and in, infinite amount of innovation, uh, innovative ideas. Um, and some of those, man, it, it, some of those might even just be for your personal life, mm-hmm. you know, and you can innovate different things and, and, you so know, a, just a great example of this are things like Airbnb. Oh yeah. Like renting a apartment or a house. There's absolutely nothing innovative about nope. that. It's been going on for as, as long as history, but the ability to go online and quickly find all of these places available. Well, Uber is a similar, similar thing. Yeah, like Uber you look too. at Uber, like, I mean, Uber's just a modern take on the taxi. It's not really that different, but what, but why was it so innovative? Dude, if you are old enough, like I am to remember what it was like in some cases trying to get a, catch a cab. Yeah. Or get, you know, you'd have well, to call, and, they'd show up like an hour later. And some people don't appreciate this. Like if you live in New York, 
the ability to catch a cab was is easy. totally different than Kansas City. It would have been a total process. Totally different. Where I live. Yeah. I live in the suburbs. I there's ne- cabs never drive by my right. house. And I would have to call them. They would take a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. It was more expensive. It was not convenient. And, you know, now with that, the innovation of something like Uber or Lyft or whatever made it pretty easy. And, and here's the thing. You mentioned Amazon earlier. I have confidence in their innovation to be a fallback for me. I can mm-hmm. pretty much get picked up wherever it is I need to get picked up. Mm-hmm. And I feel comfortable about that. So I could potentially, and this is... <laughs> just kind of a goofy example. I could go to a, a full scale sweet and greet event. Yeah. I drove my car there, but then I was there with you and we're having a good time. And we had a couple too many drinks. We had a few extra. I coronas. know that with a push of a, <laughs> we, we had, um, you know, with a push of a button, I can get us home safely, which by the way, sometimes the inconvenience of not being able to catch a cab could, right. could then have resulted in us making bad decisions. Yeah. Like, Oh, maybe I'll just drive. Well, and it's no doubt, that's an example of something that's probably been a boom for bars and, and stuff like yeah. that, right? Because yeah. people are more likely to know, like, hey, I know I can get a ride home. Yeah, I think in general. Um, okay, so now back to how to be more innovative. I think you got to be knowledgeable. You have to, you know, you... Uh, you got to understand the industry. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to... Got to understand the problem. I'm going to go back to Jake as an example. Okay, so Jake is the most knowledgeable musician that I know, I think. And I know a lot of musicians. So... And, you know, if you ask him, you say, how many, how many guitar chords are there? And he's like 7,337. How many do you know? Well, I know all of them, you know, and like, and, but that's the thing is, is if you want to be masterful or innovative, that the ability to do so becomes easier and, and much more within your grasp with the masterful knowledge of the subject matter. Like you go back to the Edison example, like if he didn't know anything about electricity, how was he going to try to make a light bulb? And just saying, um, I mean, if you don't know anything about software as a coder, you're probably going to have a difficult time creating writing code because you don't have any, you know, so the, the, you know, the more knowledgeable you are, it helps you understand the potential solutions. And I think what it really does is it helps you empathize with what the pain points are for the innovation you're trying to create. Well, and so part of the challenge we have is you have people that are very innovative, but they don't know how to actually create the actual technical innovation, right? Yeah. And this is where a company like FullScale comes in. Sure. You have people that are like, oh, I understand the legal industry or the pet insurance or whatever it is, but I need to create software. But I don't know how to create the software. And I always refer to it as like the Winklevosses and Zuckerberg. Sure. Right? Like the Winklevosses yeah. may have had the idea, but it took Zuckerberg to actually execute it. Right. And you got to have the pairing of these people. And that's where companies like FullScale come in, right? Sure. We can come in and help people realize whatever that innovation is. And, and, actually and there's a lot, it. there's companies in any industry. It's not just software. Like yeah. there's companies that'll help you build prototypes. Rapid they'll, have, they'll help you pr- patent things, do a whole lot of different yes. stuff, which by the way, we're in a golden age for that too. You, know, you can fire up a 3D printer and, yes. and make specific things that, you know, you talk about the ability to innovate, like a 3D printer is something that changed the ability to innovate a trip to the moon I have or, or a trip to Mars. Well, here's the thing is you rather than needing to bring along a gazillion parts, yeah. 
you bring that instead, which can make whatever you need, yep. however you need it. Just need the raw materials. That's it. Yeah. And that's a, and that's an example of where innovation can create a hell of a lot of other innovation. Right. Um, some of the things as well that I think are kind of cool, like you talk about like uh, the Arduino or the Raspberry Pi. Yes. Um, those are, and I'll, why don't you explain what those a little, I mean, they're basically uh, low power, very simple computers. I mean, we've, we've gotten to the point where, a computer, and we talk about a computer like the basic, like there's a processor, graphics card, networking, you know, connectivity to things like Bluetooth, wireless, all these types of sensors or chips that you would need are are such mass produced and small now that you can make, you know, a circuit board that's very small, like probably twice the size of a credit card or so that can house all of that stuff. Um, then you can, they're not super powerful. You can program it. They're not super powerful, but then you can use that to build like different home automation things or people use them to make, uh, like you can even run like old video games on them, like old arcade games and stuff. Like, you know, there's kits to do that with your kid. So you can make these. And I think we had some people on the podcast for like, didn't we have one? There was the heat, the cold from heat. Yeah. Heat from cold. They were using these types of boards. Yeah. And I've talked to other people that had like a thermometer for in barbecue, like, and all, all they needed was a simple enough computer to collect the temperature of barbecue that's cooking and report back, you know, over Wi-Fi or a cell phone, you know, antenna basically to some other database somewhere else to report. Right. And so now, you know, these things cost like 30 bucks or something. And so now for $30 or 20 years ago, that was a whole computer in your hands. Well, if you look at, well, actually it was kind of there, but maybe not as flexible. If you look at like the whole Apple story, I mean, that's basically like Jobs and Wozniak were went to the the kit computer store, which right. was like a which was yeah. not even like a a thing. It was like just like a niche hobby, and they yeah. pieced together a bunch of shit. And next, I need thing a sound you know, card, I need a graphics card. I sure. Need- I need the processor. I need the memory. I need this, and you put it all together. And I used to do that. Yeah. So, well, the accessibility twenty five years ago, the accessibility of that stuff is at an all time high, yeah. and is going to continue to get cheaper. It's going to continue to be more accessible. It's easier to find online. And now, now all of a sudden, the, yeah. now think about like the Apple Watch on your wrist is probably way more powerful than any of that stuff. Plus, oh, sure. it tracks your heartbeat, heartbeat, and all sorts yeah. of stuff. Like, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, Brett Blackman who was here at maybe like episode fifteen. Yeah, talking about the the potential to integrate that kind of uh, wearable data yes. into blockchain and like yeah. do a whole lot of different stuff. And you know, so my dad has uh, had heart issues throughout his life, and he's got a, a defibrillator slash data collection tool that's basically in his shoulder wow now well that but the thing is is like future wearables aren't, won't even require that kind of yeah. stuff and when you were ta- when brett was here we were talking about um, the majority of damage from a heart attack occurs um, in a range that could be preventable like the the information and the signals exist within our human body within the human body a couple of weeks before or weeks or maybe even a month before that occurs and you could take preventative measures but when you get to the point where you're actually having a heart attack it now the damage is occurring right. and, and in fact they're in a rush to save your life right so some of that data like you look at the the future accessibility now one thing when it comes to innovation i want to talk about forward thinking. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned this a little earlier. So the great inventors and innovators of the world, and one of them who's pretty mainstream now is Steve, uh, Kurzweil. Now Kurzweil, Ray Kurzweil, 
Um, and he's an outspoken person on singularity, which is the bonding between man and machine. Okay. Um, he's a very well-known inventor and one, and you can find some cool documentaries about him on, uh, on, uh, Netflix. Now I first became familiar with Kurzweil because there was a line of Kurzweil digital pianos. And when okay. I worked for Roland, they were like an opposing brand. I didn't, re- and that was an innovation. So he grew up in a music family and that obviously became something he was interested in. Um, now he does a lot more crazier stuff, but he'll tell you that the great inventors of the world are working on what they want to innovate and build in 10 years. Right. So that, and, and those innovations begin early and they're using things like Moore's law and predictive analysis to understand, okay, I might not be able to do this now, but I can think all of this through. So when the moment this stuff is available, mm-hmm. meaning like, and that could be processing power. It could be, you mentioned the phone and the battery. You know, like being able to make a battery last 10 times longer has like a gazillion implications that could change a zillion different things. Like the thing that's plugged into my dad's shoulder, it's got a battery in it. And they've had to change that a couple of times in, in his lifetime, which requires an, it's a somewhat invasive surgery. Wow. And, you know, just you look at little things like that and the impact they can have. So when you think about innovation, there's things you can change now. And then you got to think about things that are going forward. Like when I look at full scale, I always, I think about, I try to think about, you know, here we have a company that in less than two years, you got 200 employees and that requires forward thinking too. These are levels of innovation. Like we, it was over a year ago when we realized, oh man, this is growing really quickly. We started building our own management platform right. yep. for it. Yep. And at times like that was a real challenge because it's to build in software is hard. Yep. But now that we've, now that we've built it and continue and are continuing to maintain it, we have created a pretty cool innovation that not our employees benefit from our clients are able to use to like search for people to help them innovate and stuff like that. Now that required a little bit of a, well, we had to take a little bit of a Big investment, R and D investment time. Well, we, and we energy. made it, and we made a pretty significant investment. Yep. Honestly, it, considering how much we've invested in some other businesses, we've easily invested way more in our own. Yeah. Now with that, we suddenly have something that if we want to open in other cities, acquire other businesses, and we've had even had a lot of feedback from our own employees that are like, are we innovating this to be a, 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 a consumer facing product? Because there's a lot of, we mentioned earlier, there are other businesses that are similar to ours. So who knows? Yep. But I mean, that innovation was created. Well, most of the innovations that I've created that I'm proud of in the past were meant to solve problems just right there in our own office, not necessarily even a consumer grade thing. Um, You know, my very first innovation was what I called the APC, the automatic page creator, which was what led me to hiring people in the Philippines. Yeah. 10 years ago, I was trying to build um, self-generating websites that created new pages based on changes in database tables. Yeah, a lot of dynamic content. Which today is not high technology. 10 years ago, that was hella innovative. And I did really well with it. Mm -hmm. Now, if I was trying to do that now, people would be a yawner. But there wasn't anything out sure. there to help me do that, so we had to we had to build it on our own. Yep. Um, what's a good? What's something that you look back at that you innovated that you or you're like, I don't know. Where can you put a check mark in the clever box? 
Um, so at Stackify, we have a, a free tool that we built called Prefix. Mm-hmm. and Used by thousands we, of people worldwide. It, yeah, and it, it's completely free. It's a type of software performance profiler um, that, that tells developers how their code is performing, what their code does. And uh, it's downloaded by like thousands of people every month. Yeah. And, you know, we originally built it, man, it's probably four or five years ago now um, as a way to be like a lead generator, a free tool. So, sure. you know, people would download it and they like it. And actually one of the uh, potentially biggest customers we have um, that we're talking to right now, actually that's how they came to us. Yeah. Um, one of their developers had downloaded it and that developer got promoted to a new role and, you know, he kept us in mind and carrying us along the way, right? Um, and so it's been funny. Prefix has been one of those things that is probably one of the best things we ever built, but also gets the like least amount of attention and energy and continued innovation <laughs> so we're, we're working hard on it now actually to release a whole new version but um yeah that's that, that's well, probably my favorite let's talk a little more about stackify for a second because this is is the innovation that you've spent oh, what eight seven yeah, eight, eight years, years at yeah. this point you put you have put a ton of your own money into it yeah um maybe on some days more than you would have yeah. liked, right? Sure. But you've been all in, all on, in on the whole concept of it. But that's an innovation that's, that's it's an innovation to help other people innovate. Yeah, we help other software developers uh, basically improve their software. Yeah. So we want to tell them how to make their, their software faster, find problems with it, troubleshoot problems. Um, where you might be, met, where you where there might be a red flag waving that you didn't notice. Because the problem with software yeah. is the more you change it, the more the more it breaks, the more there's opportunities yep. to improve it. Um, and so a lot of times it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat in the box, right? You don't, you don't really know if the cat's alive or dead. And a lot of times people install Stackify and, and like they sort of cringe to know like the yep. problems we find with their software. Well, it even gives you, improve. it gives you an app, like an application score. We give them a score. Yeah. yeah and you know, for people F. like, for, well, for <laughs> people like me, that that's kind of helpful because, well, for example, I was terrified when we first installed it in yeah. the book and then it gave us an app score of B and I was like, I can live with that because yeah. it's higher than the grades I usually got in school. <laughs> yeah. Now, you can yeah. then look at that and say, well, what do I need to do to get to an A? Yep. There are a zillion tools out there for not, I mean, just in general that can help improve a lot of these things. If you can do it better, faster, cheaper, um, preferably all of those, well, you're going to win. That's one of the key or innovations. You're going to at least be in the race. One of the key innovations at Stackify, I talk about how we're different, is we integrate several different products together. And mm-hmm. we did it for really a different uh, end user. So a lot of our competitors are focused on IT operations and system administrators at large companies. And we're more focused on software developers at kind of small to mid-sized companies. And um, so how we do things is just a little different. How we show them the data is a little different. It's just similar but different, you know, just tailored. I think I, I have one more tip and topic we can touch as we round out this episode of Startup Hustle, which was brought to you by Fullscale.io, making your innovations potentially easier, and quicker, more affordable. faster. Yeah. Um, curiosity. Yeah. Like, and I know that's a, a synonym of some of the things we've discussed earlier, but, you know, if you realize, I don't know, man, I feel like I'm always poking around at a lot of different things. I oftentimes say I'll try 10 things hoping one works. Yes. That's a product of curiosity. Um, 
they say curiosity killed the cat, but the cat that didn't get killed probably innovated something cool or that discovered. That species is still alive. So you something don't, about that curiosity. Right. Now, sure, it did kill the cat in some situations. And then other times, because that cat was actually looking and curious, it found something that it normally would have. Might be why it survived. If you're not looking for stuff, you're not going to find it. Yep. It's just that simple. I mean, if you're not if you're not poking around, if you're not trying to innovate, you probably won't. Yeah. If you're not trying to find, encourage, or push innovation at your business or your startup, you probably won't yep. be innovative. I, I, I'm not a big person when it comes to promises, but one thing that you can guarantee, and I can promise you, is that things will change. Right. And if you're not doing things to innovate, improve, and continue to grow at your business, then you are more likely going out of business than creating something that has a high level of longevity. What are your thoughts there? You definitely always have to be innovating. That's for sure. Um, your, your, your competition is not going to stop and, and they will, um, they'll run right past you if you wait long enough. Um, but at the same time, a lot of these big companies, especially if you sell like B2B enterprise kind of software, uh, a lot of them don't look or feel very innovative, you know. Well, right. That was my point is even, you also can't just stay in the state of stasis. Like, like you get lazy. And my you old company, Venn Solutions, like if you look, I mean, I haven't been there in like almost 10 years. But if you looked at their product today, it pretty much looks the same. Uh, you know, they've done some, you know, innovating on the backside, you know, ch- change different things here and there. But largely, if you kind of glanced at it, you'd be like, this hasn't changed in forever. And it looks like an old dog at this point. One of the things I talk about in my book, Million Dollar Bedroom, is that the moment you're successful with something, you've sent up a signal flare mm-hmm. and that people are going to, they're coming for you, man. Yeah. And that's why you got to keep innovating and keeping things better. Like, uh, I mean, there are a lot of things that send that signal flare up. Yeah. And it's not just getting a zillion, it's not just going public or getting a massive VC investment. Right. It's sometimes it's just existing. Yeah. And, and if there are people that, you know, we mentioned here that you don't necessarily have to have a fresh idea, do it better. Yeah. I got to say, I mean, so much about America and capitalism is the person with that originally had the idea didn't end up being the one that made it rock. Well, and like electric cars is a good example of this, right? Everybody's had this idea and, um, but like General Motors and Ford and others sell electric cars, but have been highly unsuccessful at it, even yeah. today, you, you know, even in this economy. But Tesla. Has well, some been, of that was their refusal to become as knowledgeable as possible. Yeah. Like the, the dealerships, the yeah. model, the yeah. salespeople, everything aren't pushing it. They're not promoting yeah. it. The quality's not, the product's not good enough. But you have somebody like Tesla come by who sells like one tenth as many cars as Ford and GM. And they're profitable. But their car is, the, they're now their profitable. company is also yeah. like worth profoundly more which the value of their company is is absolutely off the charts and insane and i don't understand why it's so high i think part of it is the fact that they're also a battery company right and you know they and that the wide they've created a brand well the wide the widespread on powerful sure and the white but the widespread application of their innovation wasn't just limited so like it started okay so the you have a Tesla and um you know like range is a concern right so and that has always been the thing and when you know Tesla started making cars they realized that the current battery technology right. was either too expensive or it didn't do what they needed to do so they said you know what we need to innovate change 
Right. This needs to be something we can control. We can get our arms around and, and the create the, the, uh, subsections of that are things like, you know, they have the solar roof panels and the, the battery that'll stay in your house. And like, yeah. I mean, just the things trickle down across industry and industry yep. and industry and can, and by the way, we talk, we say, leave a footprint of change. Well, it's a footprint of change that we need due to, due to the carbon footprint of yeah, change now we've created. You've got every car yeah. manufacturer there is that's five to 10 years behind Tesla trying to catch up. And like Porsche is coming out with a new electric car and everybody thinks it's cool and whatever. And then you get closer to manufacturing here and the car is like twice as expensive. It has worse range yeah, and, and no better performance. So some of that, and you know, as and they're I, in trouble and I want to switch to electric part of me. And okay. Now I'll be honest. Part of what made me wait up to this point was the perceived value uh, some of that stuff's more expensive mm-hmm. and then that change is yeah. changing. Now, when I go to look at electric, I think, man, I'd buy a Tesla. Why? Cause they've, they've had enough time to gain knowledge, yeah. perfect what they're they building. They have a ton of it. And then I look at something like you mentioned Porsche. I'm like, how many electric cars have you made Porsche? Cause I think this thing's going to fall apart. Well, they're also in my Volkswagen. The what? Porsche is also owned by Volkswagen. Okay, sure. So they, they you know, they have, you know, some, some, uh, history there. So, you know, they can leverage, but yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right though. It's, I mean, one of the things too, and, and still in the electric car range is, you know, there's just laws that are requiring that, that they're saying, Hey, you're not, oh, yeah. not going to run fuel combustion engines yes. at, at, at Tes- this date. Tesla makes yeah. uh, probably just as much money from selling their like carbon credits and crap than they probably. do selling cars. Do they really? Oh yeah, you have companies like uh, Daimler Chrysler and stuff that, like in Europe, they don't their cars aren't very fuel efficient, and these European countries now are requiring that your fuel economy is certain things, and otherwise you have to buy carbon credits. Hmm. So somebody like Tesla is making like hundreds of millions of dollars a year. They're selling these carbon credits, basically. That's interesting. I it's think really kind of goofy. I mean, this is once again just uh, one of the many ways. Like you know, I I, I want to on the way out. I want to encourage everyone to. Um, I think that, do you have a final tip? What's, what's your founder's freestyle moment you know, here? So the, the other topic we didn't talk about, I, I'll, I want to talk about now real fast on the way out um, for my founder's freestyle here is, um, you know, understanding who on your team is innovative and can be kind of more the visionary of the team and realizing and letting about him, letting him do it. And you have to realize that about them. Um, but if you're that person, you also have to realize that you can be very disruptive everybody around you. Like if you've got a new idea every day and you run around to all the managers in your company, you're like, oh, I had this great idea this morning. We need to do this. And you go to the next person and you go, you need to do this. We need to do this. We need to do this. All of them are like, dude, I'm trying to get the shit you told me three weeks ago. Still done. Like I don't have time for your shit every day. You walk in my office with a new idea. Like that's difficult. And you, so you got to understand if you're the idea person, you got to understand that a little bit too. You got to you got to figure out how to marinate on some of those ideas, when to you know present some of them, and and all of that. And then if you're the person that is dealing with that kind of person, you got to kind of know that about their personality too. And and some of that I think is it's a learning thing. People have to understand how each other are and kind of know. Okay, here comes Matt with his dumb ideas today. Okay, I'll appease him and then let him go. You know, and some of it is just learning people's personality and understanding there are people that are wired that way. You and I are both similar, can do that. We can be that way. And I've had that problem before with, with people in my company where some, I've had people have literally told me like, Matt, you know, like, Hey, you keep coming by every day and you tell me this shit, but 
I don't I, even have I've, time to I've, deal with it. I've gotten better with that. And I'm guilty of, of doing exactly what you just mentioned on a lot of days. I have a book that I carry around with me that I write a lot of stuff down. Yeah. Because I realized that certain, I mentioned earlier feeling, all right, so the great chess masters of the world are thinking four or five, six moves yes. ahead. Yeah. And now, the, but the thing is, is in the reality, that game is on the current move. You're, you're playing like trench warfare. Like it's everybody's always, in the trenches. It's always on yeah. the current move. You're yeah. not six moves ahead. Yeah. You're con- and so, um, you know, I, I mentioned trying to get better about that. That's one of the things that, you know, I, I can spit ideas right. out a lot. And I was talking to an, another local KC founder about this and, and igno- we were both recently, we were both acknowledging that it can be problematic because yep. it, it, it can create confusion about what the direction is. What do I take action on? So I've learned to bottle some of that stuff up. I write it down so I don't forget about it. I regularly page through the book and I look at, at, at some of the stuff. Sometimes I'm better than others at writing it down. I also sure. have like a really basic to-do list that's on my laptop and and connected to a, and my phone and a couple different things. And like sometimes I'll just like if I have a decent idea, I'll just put it on a to-do list. And right. that's why I, I remember it later. Um, I think that in closing, I think that the advice that I gave earlier is is really important. And it's if you feel inspired and you're in and you're having moments of clarity, I think you need to try to do anything and everything you can to ride that moment until it until that horse won't ride anymore. And and I say that because it's the, I look back at my own history and the thing like the inspiration is difficult to bottle. Yeah. And get out in and and small you know serving sizes. Yep, you need um, to know when you're working on your masterpiece and stay on it. Right, and and with that you can and all right. So my wife Jill knows that if I if I were to say that, and I don't pull this card out a whole lot, but if I say, hey, I'm I'm in the zone on something, and I I need you to I need you to cover me here. Yep. Um, and then I always joke, I will, I, I mentioned that I need to go into castaway mode. Yeah. Um, and that's like, I'm going to go lock myself away. I'm going to put myself on the island and I will get off of that island when I'm either rescued <laughs> or I find my way off. Wilson! And yeah. Well, well, Tom Hanks and Wilson innovated a raft yeah, and they yeah. got out of the way. Yeah. And, you know, that took a little time and it, and it, there was some failure along yeah. the way, some painful failure. Yep. So, you know, but like I said, when you find that moment of inspiration, um, you know, hang on to it and you, and I want to compliment something that you said earlier at work in your business. If you have people that are innovative and creative, I think that it's important to create, clear the space for them to do so. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, Hey, here's someone's strength. But if you bog that person down with, you mentioned all the other craft earlier that moves you too far away from that mental space and then you're not there, like get that person in the space that they need to be. And that's different for everyone. And it can be so frustrating to me because like you, I can think five steps ahead and it's so frustrating because I'm like, guys, come on, what are we doing? Let's get this shit done. Let's go. Hurry up. I got four more things we need to do. Why aren't you done with ah. that two years of work that ah. we haven't had two years of work to complete? Yeah. Now, speaking of which, I'm going to get yeah, back to work. Yeah, we got to get some work done. Yeah. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.